This is the Life Church Podcast. For more messages, to watch our live stream, or to find other events, go to lifechurchnow.org. Well, good morning. How are you? I don't know if I don't know if you were ready for that. Uh, well, I'll just try the good morning part again. Good morning. Well, good morning oh, Jared. Chris, you are the man. This guy. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you're all here today. Uh, how, how many of you guys survived uh, moving a little bit of snow this weekend? Anybody get to get the privilege to go move snow? Um, it's awful. Um, the snow plows built a mountain of snow at the end of my driveway um, that I dug out for, you know, the good part of yesterday morning. Um, and my neighbors, I think my neighbors saw me out there dying, trying to move snow, and, and they actually came and they helped me uh, finish up the front, and I was like, you're, you, you are my savior, because um, it was pretty awful, but um, my name is Jairus, if we, I hadn't got to meet you, I'm one of the pastors here at Life Church, and uh, I'm so glad that you're here this morning, that you made it. Uh, if you're joining online this morning, uh, thank you so much. I, I know that the weather's out there is a little bit crazy, so thank you so much for being a part of service with us today. Uh, we really love doing church together as a family, and we get the opportunity to do that even with video this morning. And so um, today, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to continue in a series that we've been in uh, called Heart for the House. And we call it Heart for the House because we've been using this analogy of a home. We've been talking about life church. We've been talking about even this building as, as a home. And we use the analogy of like, you know, you, you can walk into the foyer the same way that you would walk into the entryway of someone's home. You'd walk in and that would be the first thing that you would see, it would be everything that you'd walk into. But, but there's something more than just that, that you would walk into uh, the lobby or that you'd come into service, that you would get involved and you'd start serving. All these things, and we use this analogy of a house because I think it really helps us to understand foyer to maybe like moving into to the kitchen, moving into hanging out um, in the basement or something like that. And uh, for us, this is something that, that my wife and I are kind of used to. We, we have people over to our home uh, fairly often. We like to, to do that. And something uh, consistent that I've noticed as people come over to our house for the first time is that they walk in and they say things like, oh, Abby, I just, I love what you've done with the place. Or they'll, or they'll say things like, oh, Abby, that picture of your boys, that is just so sweet. Uh, Abby, this is amazing. And you know, I, I agree. I, I do love our home, but nobody ever says my name whenever they say these compliments. They all say Abby. They, they, don't, they don't even say like, oh, guys, this is great. Nobody says, Jairus, I love this. It's always how great Abby did. And, and now granted, like, let me be clear. I, I didn't make any of the decisions of where anything goes. But I would appreciate it if somebody would at least maybe think that I did do that. Um, but it doesn't happen. So I remember it kind of got to me actually a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I have the ability to pick out furniture. I have the ability to, to choose where things should go in the house. And I remember um, I decided that I wanted a chair. And this was the season of my life. I have two kids now. I need a dad chair, okay? And so I started looking. And I said, I'm, I'm going to pick out this chair, and it's going to be great. When people walk in our home, they're going to say, wow, that is a nice chair, Jairus. And I'm going to say, yes, you're right. It is a nice chair. I picked it out. Um, so I started looking on Facebook Market, and I started finding chairs, and my first two chairs got vetoed right off the bat. Like, the, the leather recliner was not the way to go. And so then I, I, I moved on, and I, and I said, uh, I finally found a chair that I thought that Abby would like and that she would agree with. And so um, I showed it to her, and she's like, yeah, I think that would be a good chair for, for our house. And I was like, sweet, I did it. Um, so we go, and we're going to go look at this chair, and, and my wife really doesn't like to go with me to social situations where she thinks I'm going to bargain, right, and try, <laughs> she doesn't like it, so I, and, or, or where she's going to have to, like, say what she thinks about it, so I, I said, hey, you know, we're going to have, this is what we're going to do. When we get there, um, if you like the chair, I want you to call me babe, okay? Say, like, 
hey, babe, what do you think? Uh, if you don't like the chair, call me by my name. Just say, hey, Jairus, what do you think of the chair? Uh, it's like a code, you know, so you don't have to say what you really think, right? But you can just like, we'll have our own little secret code. And uh, so we get there and we get out and we look at the chair. And I remember, um, as soon as I saw the chair, I, I did not like it at all. Um, it was a little bit too girly. It was maybe not quite, quite the same color that I thought it was going to be. It's just, it's not what I envisioned when I thought of a dad chair. And, and so I, I remember not liking it. And then Abby looks at it and she goes, well, what do you think, babe? And I was like, oh, okay, okay. So she loves it. Um, but here's the thing. She didn't actually love it. What happened is in the social pressure of the situation, she totally forgot the code. She said, babe, like several times. And so I'm thinking, all right, we got to buy this chair. So I give the person the money. I take the chair. I put it up in the car. And I say, oh, so I was like, you really like this chair? And she goes, no. And I was like, then why'd you say babe? <laughs> we planned this out. <laughs> And so I remember, like, I was being super melodramatic about it. I was like, this is supposed to be my chair. You ruined it. Like, all this stuff. And, and she's like, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. And within the hour, okay, literally within the hour, we get home, and she staged it in our house, and she, like, she took a picture of it and posted it. And I remember she, like, sold it for, like, more than what I bought it for. <laughs> and then within the week, she found, like, the perfect chair. And she's like, what do you think? I was like, that's it. That's my chair. And she goes, well, I got it for you. I'm like, what? <laughs> it was amazing. And um, so from that day on, I've, I've never questioned any of her decisions, right? I just go with the flow because she knows what she's doing. Uh, gentlemen, that is, a, that is a lesson learned right there. That's a sermon. But this morning, uh, here's the thing. I love our home, and I, and I love the, the, the idea. I love that when people walk in, I think it, is, it truly is a great uh, first impression into our home that my wife has done an amazing job. But, but when we invite people into our home, we don't invite them into our home so that they will walk into the entryway, say, wow, I love what you've done with the place, and then leave. We invite people into our home so that they'll, say, so that they'll come in, so that they'll sit down at the table and have a meal with us, Right? We invite people into our home so that, so that they, can, um, they can play spicy uno with us, they, so that they can hang out with us and, and have a good time. And what happens as people begin to do that is then they, become, they begin to become a little bit less just friends and just people, strangers who walk into our home, but they begin to feel like family members. I'd say it's, it's significant when, when a friend comes over and they sit down at the table and then they, they, they start helping us do dishes, it's significant when, it, when, when a friend uh, comes over and they, they read books to, to our sons before they go to bed. It's significant when, when somebody comes over for dinner and they help me take out the recycling, right? Like something deeper happens in those moments. And what it is is that it's, it's more than just becoming friends. It's more than just, you know, coming to, over to home, but it's becoming family. In this series, what we're doing is we're talking about this idea of going from, from guests to family members. We're talking about this idea of going from, from being strangers, from going from a first impression to going to where you're, you're totally all in, that you're, that you're a family member of the house. And I think oftentimes around this year, we, we ask, we're asking God, Lord, what do you have uh, in store for me this year? I, I, I want you to do something new in my life. I want you to, to reveal yourself to me in a new way. And I think what we're asking, the question that we're truly asking in this series is, what's your next step? What's the next step to come a little bit further into the house than just the foyer? See, Abby and I moved here three years ago, and I remember when we did, uh, we didn't know anybody when we moved up here. And in that time, we've gone from total strangers to family. 
There's a lot of people that, that have invested in our lives, a lot of people that have like taken us in, but one person that I think in particular is, uh, is Amy Sherman. You can put up that picture. This is Amy and, and Abby um, in, in youth uh, this last summer and um, with the war paint all ready to go. And uh, I remember we met Amy briefly um, when, we, when we came and we visited. It was before we'd even moved up here and I remember her taking us out to coffee and we, we sat and we talked, about, uh, we talked about the youth group, we talked about our lives, we talked about how we were about to have our first kid and how much change was about to happen in our lives. And um, I remember that as we sat there and talked, we got to know each other, but what, where we really got to know each other was serving uh, in youth for the last three years. That every single Wednesday for the last three years, we, we've been serving together. We've been, we've been setting up and tearing down Gaga Ball. We've been putting up Nine Square. We've been um, planning events, going to camps. We've been doing all this different stuff, counseling students together. Through all this time and through serving for the last three years, she's become one of our best friends in the whole world. She's become one of the people that we look to first when it comes to, to advice, when it comes to just needing a friend. And my, my kids are obsessed with her. They, they call her Mama Sherm, and her and Judah have this handshake thing that they do, right? It's crazy. And then, and then to top it all off, um, when, whenever Isaiah was born, our, our, our second son, she was there with us at the hospital the whole time. She, she was... She was a stranger three years ago, but she was in the, in the delivery room when my son was born. And that doesn't just happen. What happened in there is that I think it was this idea for me that, that I think kind of put this whole thing on its head for me, that, that this idea that the church is designed to be like a family, that we don't just come and go, we don't just come and, and, and hear something good or, or be at a good service and then leave, but actually that, that we come and, and, and we, we do life with people. We come and people, and we invest in others' lives as they invest in our lives, and it's this idea that, that we do life with those people, and I think that this, this was a new idea for me. I think I'd been in church my whole life, but I think that I always thought that maybe the people that, that really treated you like this, people that you really did life with, were maybe the exception to the rule, but I don't, I don't think that's the way it is. I think that actually we were designed to, to find that in, in the church, you see, I, I like the idea of a family because I think it's, it's contrary to like a business. I think, I think family is contrary to the idea of a restaurant. So like, think with me, like if I go to a restaurant after church today and I sit down at the table um, and nobody comes up to greet me, nobody comes and brings me a glass of water or anything for like 30 minutes, I might be a little bit frustrated. I'm like, is, is nobody gonna come by? Is nobody gonna come over here? Um, and so, and then they finally come and they, they take my order and, and I, I can see, as they take my order, I can see that the kitchen's a little crazy. I hear, you know, I hear a, a plate drop, right? I, I hear things going on and, and they bring my food out and my food isn't, isn't quite how I ordered it, right? I might, I'm not going to make a big stink about it, right? I'm not going to, I'm not going to make a big deal, but I, I might take a note of that. I might be like, well, yeah, I know it's, it's, I don't know if I, if I want to go back there. But imagine if I walked into my home with that same mentality, Imagine if I got home from work one day and I sat down at the table and I sat there and I waited for like 30 minutes for somebody to come and bring me a glass of water, right? No, nobody would bring me a glass of water and I'd say, hey, is anybody going to bring me a glass of water in the entire house? Like, it would be like a resounding, get it yourself, you know? Like, <laughs> my two-year-old would bring me his, you know, his cup and he'd be like, here, dad, you want this? It's like old milk. And it's like, no. 
And so I imagine if my wife is in the kitchen and she's making dinner and she's, she's, she's you can see that, you know, it's, it's, everything's kind of crazy, that water's boiling over and stuff. I wouldn't just sit there at the table and be like, when is this food going to be ready, right? That is not the way to go ever, right? And I would, I would get up from the table and I would step into the kitchen. I would begin to help start getting things ready. Because the idea is that if, if, if I think of it like a, like a family, it changes the way we think about it. In a family, you have personal investment. In a family, you care when, when something is not right. If, if you see that your kids are showing character qualities that, that you don't want to see, all of a sudden you're concerned and you care about that. You, you care when, when crisis happens within your family, if an aunt or uncle or somebody gets sick, you all of a sudden, you're invested in that because it's family and you care. You care when a window is broken or the roof is leaking in your home because you're invested into it. And I, I believe it's this simple idea that, that Life Church is, is meant to look more like a family and less like a restaurant. There were, that, because I think that if we walk in with the perception of that, I think that it affects the way that we interact with it. If we, if we think, that it, think of it like a restaurant, then I think that we come in and we, we expect to be served something, we expect to hear a word, we expect to, to hear great worship, and then go about our business. But if we think of it like a family, then we're personally invested. You see, family, just the same way that we would care for our own families, God calls us to care for our spiritual family, and that as a family, we care for the house. I love the way Paul talks about this whole idea in, of family in, in Ephesians chapter 2. In Ephesians 2 verse 19, he, he says this. He says that you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but you're fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. You're members of his household. So what he's saying is regardless of your past, regardless of your heritage, that it's not too late to become who God's called you to be, to step into your place into this family, that he says that you're a son, that you're a daughter. And I, I love the way it even says it in the message when you read this verse. It says that the kingdom of faith is now your home country. It's now your home country. It's the idea that, that our heavenly father has taken us from where we are and he set us into a family. He set us in, in, into, into a place, to a group of people, and, and the local church is the expression, I believe, of God's family, where we see that played out, where we see that, the ins and outs of that. Because the thing is, is that in this house, there, there are, are some of you that, that are like fathers and mothers in the faith. And that God is, God is saying, hey, there's people that, that are not as far along in the journey as you that it's your job to care for them. We, there's brothers and sisters sitting here today that, 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 are, that are finding themselves in need of somebody to come alongside them, to bring accountability to them, to, to bring just support to them in this time. So because of that, this is what I, I think, and this is where, what I, where I really want to land this morning, is that I believe that having a heart for the house means that you serve the house. Having a heart for the house means that you serve the house it means that you're personally invested in, in, in what's happening and what's going on. Now, when I say that, I, I, I know what can kind of like come to mind that you, some of you, you can th say, yeah, you know, I would agree with that. I would agree that, you know, that we're, we're called to serve each other and stuff. But, but logistically, I, I can already think about some of the ways that that, that would be pretty difficult. I, I don't know if that would work for me, you know. Uh, this seems like a kind of a, a big request. Like, and some of you are even here and you're like, wait a second. Are you trying to get me to serve? Like, who put you up to this? Who told you, right? <laughs> but it's this idea, like, I think that that's how we can think about it. And listen to me. This is what I, what I want to say. The truth is, is that there are serve teams within our house that, that need leaders on them. 
There are places that, that, that need, need somebody to come alongside and say, hey, I, I'm gonna be a part of this. I'm gonna be invested in this. There are people that, that, need, that need you to come alongside them, but it's deeper than that. It's deep. Serving isn't just what we do, but, but a servant is, is really who we've been called to be. In this household, that we've been set in this household, and as that, we, we are called to be servants of the house, that we're called to, to love people and serve people, and um, that there's something that God wants to do in each of our lives and that we're a part of it. And, and later in the book of Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter four, if you've got your Bible, you can pull that up. Um, Ephesians chapter four, Paul begins to kind of break this down just a little bit. Um, the first three chapters of Ephesians are really based in identity, where he's talking about that we are now a son, that we're a daughter, that, that there's, a, there's a calling on our lives. And then in Ephesians chapter four, Paul shifts to now, what does that mean? If, if that's what, it, what, what, what you're talking about, then what does that mean for our lives? And so in Ephesians chapter four, uh, starting in verse 11, this is what, what it says. It says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. So the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of God and, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So in other words, this is, this is what it's saying. That leaders are given to the church for the equipping of people for the purpose of the body being built up. People are equipped for the built, so the body may be built up. And the body is built up so that we may become mature. So when you look at this, just to, to understand the purpose of all of this, the purpose of having a heart for the house for all, is to see is for maturity. It's the idea that, that we're growing in, into more, and that's the end goal is maturity, that, that we would look more like Jesus, that, we, that we, would, we would grow in our character and in our generosity and in our love, that, that we, we would look more like Jesus this year than we did last year. That the struggles and the things that we've walked through year after year, that we say, hey, you know what, as I grow, I want to grow into maturity so, I don't, so that five years from now, I'm not struggling with the same things. So I'm not fighting the same uh, sinful tendencies, but I'm moving into a deeper relationship with Jesus and to a deeper maturity. Amen. And I think that really what, when I see this, it, it speaks to this value that we have around here of Life Church, of, the, the, of passionate spirituality. We say it like this. We say, it's never too late to become who you might have been, and we value spending our lives in the transformational pursuit of God. We, we know this, there's this truth about the gospel that says that it's not too late, that, that Jesus is still calling you back. He's still, he's still saying, hey, I've got a purpose and a plan for your life. And that we value spending our lives in a pursuit of that. We're gonna spend our lives in this constant pursuit of saying, Jesus, I wanna be more like you. I wanna, be, I wanna look more like you as a father this year. I wanna look more like you as a coworker this year. Lord, I pray that you would do that in me, that I would, I would grow to a place of maturity. And what I believe is, I believe that serving, serving the house is a means to maturity. It's a means to, to God doing a maturing in each of us. Actually, the first thing I would say about that is that, that I think that when we serve, that we discover purpose. When we serve, we, we discover, uh, we begin to discover the purpose and the plans that God has for our life. When I, was, uh, when I was in college, I remember um, I started to serve in, in the youth ministry at our church. I remember actually Abby decided that she was going to start serving um, at the youth ministry. And so I said, hey, you know what? Um, 
I, you're my ride to church, so I guess I'll go with you, right? <laughs> and so I, I went with her to, to what was like our, what we have here of launch class, and we, we went to the class, and uh, I really wasn't, wasn't, wasn't sure what I was going to do. I wasn't, wasn't sure where I was going to be plugged in. I mean, I, I led worship, so I thought maybe I would get involved with the worship team. And, um, but for some reason, at the end of that class, um, Abby was going to the, uh, to the youth. She wanted to go see what was going on in youth, and so I was curious, so I went with her. Uh, long story short, I, I got involved. I started serving at youth every single Wednesday night, and what I found pretty quickly uh, after serving for a few weeks is that I didn't like it very much. This is just the honest truth, which seems weird now. Um, I, think, I think it was because maybe I was intimidated, right? I was intimidated that, that the students didn't like me. Um, I, was, I was like... I remember feeling so frustrated because I felt like nobody could remember my name. Now, granted, Jairus is a difficult name, right? And I think it was in that time where I started saying, it's Jairus, like Paris, please remember me, right? <laughs> so um, it, was, it was crazy. And I remember the other thing, too, is that there were these lanyards. Uh, and all the, all the people that served had lanyards. And for some reason, mine got lost in, in, the, in the shuffle, and, and I didn't have a lanyard. And so I just kind of felt like the weird guy hanging out in the gym playing basketball. And it's like, is that guy a student or is he just weird? That's kind of how I felt. I felt like it was happening, but it wasn't really the case. And actually, I remember uh, what happened. It was one of my last few weeks of the semester. I was going to be heading back home uh, for the rest of for the summer. And um, I was just kind of wrestling with, I think maybe I would get involved in worship after I come back for the next semester. I don't know. If it, I, I said I was going to serve for three months and I've kind of done that. And so I guess we'll... We'll see what happens after this. And a couple weeks before I left for the summer, I remember uh, there was this eighth grade boy named Jonah. And I, I'd seen Jonah. I'd played basketball with him uh, in the gym a few times. And I didn't feel like he really even, like, noticed me or, which this, this is really a kind of a funny situation because the, the eighth grade boy was the one that made me feel like I belonged there as opposed to what I felt like I was supposed to be doing that for him, making him feel like he belonged. And I remember Jonah walked up to me um, as we were heading into service. He said, hey, are you going to sit with us? And I just remember being like, yeah, yeah, I'll sit with you. Um, <laughs> And I remember looking across the room at Abby, I'm like, he asked me to sit with them. <laughs> and what happened in that moment was significant for my life. That that was kind of a turning point. It was kind of a launching point for me that, that I, I felt like, man, this is what I want to do with my life. And to be honest, that's not what I thought. That's not what I thought at all. But as I served, as, as I kind of did that, and, and God began to speak purpose into my life. And from there, I went on and I, and I became a youth pastor. And that's when we actually moved up here was to, to be the youth pastor here. And what happened in that time was it was discovering a purpose that God had for my life. And I believe that as we serve, God wants to speak a unique purpose into each of us. We get, I think we get wrapped up a lot of times in, in our calling and like, oh, I, I, just want, I don't want to just get involved with anything. I want to get involved with what I'm called to do and where I'm, but this is what I think. And I think when you look at um, chapter four, where it's talking about this, it says, that, it says that, so Christ himself gave the leaders of the church to equip his people for works of service. He gave them to equip his people for works of service. And I, I think that when you hear that word equip it, what it, what it means and what it's saying is that essentially God has something that he wants to do in each of our lives. That God has something that he wants to deposit into us that maybe isn't there already. Maybe a dream in our heart that we've forgotten or that we've never realized. Maybe it's, it's a calling and that as we step into something new, that God all of a sudden is revealing himself and his plan for us in that. I love it in, 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 in 
uh, chapter two of Ephesians where he said, I, I'd, I'd heard this my whole life, but I love, it just made sense after this, that we're God's handiwork. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. Like God looked at you and said, man, they would be amazing at this. They could make such a difference in this area. And if we, as we serve, God begins to reveal those things to our heart. But it, it also says that, that idea of that, that he equips us for works of service. And it's the idea for me that this is probably the best way that I've learned to think about it, that I think God asks us to serve uh, in assignments. That God says, he's not saying, hey, you know, you're going to serve here and this is going to lead to this and you're going to discover this. It's, it's not necessarily like that. We, it would be nice if we could just see God's whole master plan all laid out, right? I think that's the pursuit of our lives, trying to figure out what he's trying to accomplish. But what happens is that as we serve, we say yes to an assignment, a God-given assignment. Say, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna serve in this area. There's a need in this area, so I'm gonna serve in this area. And what happens in that is that God begins to reveal himself in that assignment. And then maybe he'll, he'll move to, to a different assignment. But the trick is, I think, that I've learned is just to say yes. If you're willing to say yes when God asks for you to, make, to, to step out and serve. The second thing about this is that, about, that I think happens when we serve and is that we, make it, we have the opportunity to make a difference. When we serve, there, there is a, an opportunity to make a difference in the lives of other people. You see, most people, um, they, they say that most people don't, don't care about what you have to say unless they know that, that you care about them. That they don't particularly want to listen to your advice, that they, that they may not you know, be super interested in what you're saying unless they know that you care about them. And for that reason, we, we here at Life Church have said, you know what, hey, we, we want people to feel like they belong. We want people to, to know that, that, that they're welcome here. And so we have a whole team of, of greeters and ushers and hospitality that, that are making a difference in, in, in the lives of people by just by adding so much joy and so much welcome, like welcomingness. I don't, I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, but what happens is that it's not just serving that it's making a difference. I think about Greg and Jenny right here, like that the... When they're back there serving coffee and donuts, like the, the amount of joy that is sparked in that, the, 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 the way that you guys do it is, it's unbelievable. I look forward to those weeks because you're making a difference, not just in my life, but the lives of so many different people. So thank you. The, I, I heard this statistic a little while ago that 80% of people come into relationship with Jesus before the age of 18. It's a significant statistic. It's, it says that, that, that students and that, that children are, are not just, um, that, that, that they're the future, that they're the next generation, that, that, that we're going to lead them into a relationship with Jesus. And so our student ministry is not childcare. Life Kids on a Sunday morning is not childcare, but it's leading our children into a relationship with Jesus. That you, we believe that just a moment in God's presence can change everything in a person's life. Just a moment in God's presence could just shift everything. And so our worship and our tech team, they spend time preparing to, for, for Sunday mornings. They, they, they invest significant time to be here for three services, to be here on Thursdays for practice so that they can say, hey, you know what? We're making a difference. That what we're doing is we're creating an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to move in each of our lives. And so there's, there's significance in what we're doing. And I, it's why I think in, in Ephesians chapter four, like the, the next part of that verse where it says, he's to equip his people for works of service so that the body may be built up. It's for the purpose of the body being built up. I remember um, when we first moved here um, that we met, um, we met Deb. And 
Um, she's right here. I'm, I told her I wouldn't do it, but I had to point at her. <laughs> I remember we met Deb, and um, she came to youth on a Wednesday night and thought that she might want to serve in the youth ministry and help out. And um, I don't know exactly um, what it was, but I, I think it's safe to say that we overwhelmed her um, with, with maybe it was the loud music or the stinky boys or, or maybe just my overall like craziness. Uh, and I remember talking with Deb after, after service. She was actually, she was holding Judah and uh, she was talking with Abby. And as we were talking with her, um, she said something along these lines. She said, I don't know. I don't really know about this. I don't, but I think that I can hold Judah all, every week. And I was like, Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, Deb, that would be amazing. And so um, I remember she started serving. She started coming every single Wednesday night, and she would just hang out with Judah. I remember um, she, she would hang out with him in the nursery so Abby and I could be available to, to lead small groups and things like that. And I remember her bringing her, him into worship and him just like having the time of his life, like being there, being in worship with everybody. And uh, it, it would get quiet, and then Judah would be in the back like, yeah! <laughs> it was awesome. And then I remember Deb walking around the lobby out there with Judah, and it was like her and Judah became like a celebrity. Everybody like was flocking to them because everybody, everybody wanted to hang out with Judah, and, and, and Deb was there. And so like you constantly just saw them connecting with other people. And um, I think Deb didn't, I don't think you know if you realize this, but, but Deb was a youth leader long before she ever realized it because she was, she was there and she was getting to know kids through all this. And I remember that there was this one Sunday uh, coming up where we had... Uh, students getting baptized on Sunday morning. And Deb decided that she was gonna be here and that she was gonna, she asked me when, when they were getting baptized and so she was here for the, for the service to kind of watch them and support them. And, and one of the students that got baptized that morning uh, was Nicaria. Um, and I remember Nicaria got baptized that morning and she, she'd been coming for a little while and um, she had decided she wanted to give her life to Jesus. She decided that, she, that this is what she wanted to be about and and so she decided to get baptized, and I actually would, I'd, I'd love to show you the video of when she got baptized. All right, we got Nana coming on in now. Woo. Now, Nana's been coming to youth for this last little while, and um, Nana is my favorite because Nana has these moments where you just see, like, uh, in group where they're, they're talking about something, and all of a sudden, it just clicks, and she's like, oh! So what you're saying, and it's just like these moments where I think God is really doing a lot of amazing things in her life. And do you just want to share with everybody why you're getting baptized today? Um, because I feel like I need to follow God, and I feel like this is this next step for me. Come on, that's that next step. <laughs> All right, Nana, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I remember, I remember that day uh, pretty vividly. I remember you were really ready to get baptized. I remember you were really excited about the day. And, um, but I remember that, that morning um, that uh, her mom got called into work and wasn't actually able to be there uh, for when she got baptized. And I remember that I mean, it happens, we understand, but it was like, I just, here's what I remember happening. She's getting baptized, and Deb said, hey, you know what, I really want to make this a special day. I really want to celebrate today. And so after church, I remember Deb saying, hey, you know what, we're, we're going to, 
She took, uh, took them out to lunch, her and her sister out to lunch. I remember when they went to Texas Roadhouse and ate a whole bunch of rolls, right? And then afterwards, she, she took her over to Kohl's and bought her a cross necklace to commemorate the day, to say, we're going to celebrate this day, that this is a really special day. And here's the thing. Today, Nakaria is right here. She's right here. She loves the Lord. She's got a calling on her life. Got a purpose on her life. And Nakaria has had a lot of people come alongside her in this time and just say that they're going to love on her and say they're going to support her. People that, that have just said, hey, I'm going to give you a ride to church. Got her ready for homecoming. <laughs> People that, that have helped her get to camp. And the, the reality of it is this, is that Nakari is going to make a difference in this world, in her life. You truly are. You know that. You know that God's going to use you in powerful ways. And the thing is, is that it takes a village to raise a child right? For us to come alongside her and say, hey, we're going to support you. We're going to support you through, through the decision of, that you're going to get baptized. We're going to support you as, you as you go through high school. We're going to support you as you have to now make some decisions of what you're going to do with the rest of your life and everybody wants to know. We're here for you through that because we, we believe in her and, we, and, and there's an opportunity to make a significant difference in her life. And I think that for so much, some of you here today that God wants you to make a difference in the lives of those around you that there's fathers and mothers that, that, that are here to take care of some, some of those, the, the, the babies, the, the, young, the younger ones. That there's, there's, the, there's brothers and sisters here that are gonna come alongside somebody and carry some weight in their life as they go through, go through hard times. That are gonna help them be accountable, to help them to grow into maturity. And, and here's what I believe. I believe that what Nicaria said when she got baptized was incredibly significant. I don't even know if she knew the weight of the words she said, but she said this. She said, I want to follow God, and this is my next step. I want to follow God, and this is my next step. And I believe that God is asking each of us this morning, hey, what, what, what is your next step? What is it that God is calling you into? Would you bow your head and, and close your eyes? We're going we're gonna to respond just really quickly before we close out. And I think it's important to respond to the things that God is speaking to us. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you, you can feel, you, you kind of know clearly, you feel like there's been some things God's been speaking to your heart about some next steps, maybe to get involved more in a, in a life group or serving or just being more invested in the lives of those around you. Or, or, or maybe you're even here today and, and and you, you feel like, you know, we talk about this idea of family and this, because we're a family, we care for the house, but maybe you don't quite feel like family. You haven't been coming for very long. Maybe you have, and you just don't quite feel that personal investment. But let me just tell you this. I, I've made some of the best friends in my entire life serving. You may be here this morning, and um, your next step is very, is, is clear that you, you're still wrestling with some things, and you making, taking a class or, or stepping in deeper with, is what's going to call you into a deeper relationship with Jesus, to a deeper maturity. But maybe, but what I want to ask you this morning is if you're here today and you're saying, hey God, 
I believe that there's some next steps in my life that I'm ready to step into. I believe that there's some things that you're asking me to do in my life and I'm ready to step into those things. If that's you, all across the room, would you just lift your hand and say, hey, that's me. I just want to know who I'm praying with this morning. Come on, you got some next steps. God's asking me to, to take some steps. Come on, I see those hands all over the room. All over the room. Come on. Come on. You can put your hands down. Um, the other question I want to ask really quickly before we move on is just, maybe you're here this morning and you hear all this, that this idea is, is exciting to, to think about the idea of being set into this family and, and then being invested in, and having other people invested in your life. But if you're honest with yourself, that you would say that you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe at some point in your life you did and you've, you've walked away from that or, or, or maybe you, you've never even had a relationship with Jesus and you need to make that decision. I believe all we have to do is, is say, Lord, I, I wanna give my life to you. Lord, I'm surrendering my life to you. And that he begins to, to, to walk with us. That he, he, he sets us into his family, to his household. We're members of his household. So if that's you all across this room, and you say, hey, you know what? Today I want to make a decision to give my life to Jesus. Today I, I want to I have that draw a line in the sand moment and say, today I choose Jesus. Come on, if that's you, would you just raise your hand? Come on, I see that hand. I see that hand. Come on, I see hands all over making a decision, say, hey, we're going to follow Jesus. I'm going to commit my life to him. If that's you this morning, I just want to lead you in a prayer. I'm not going to ask you to repeat after me or anything. I'm just going to ask that you would agree with this heart in your prayer. Make this, make this your heart's cry this morning. Heavenly Father, right now, Lord, we, just, we, we, we look to you, God, and we say, I can't do this without you. Lord, this morning, I surrender my life to you. I'm no match for my sin. I'm no match for my struggle. I don't want to live this life for myself, but Lord, I want to live it for you. This morning, I surrender my life to you. I ask that you set me into your family. Lord, speak to my identity, speak to my purpose. And Lord, do something in me. Lord, I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, would you stand all across this room? So many of you this morning said, hey, I, I, I believe that God's calling me to take a next step. I believe God's leading me into more. And, and what I believe that this, I want this to be is, is a sending out, a sending out to say, hey, you know what? We're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take our next steps and we're going to make a difference. God's going to do something in us. He's going to do something through us. And we're going to see the world change because of it. So come on all across this room, if that's you, would you just lift your hands as an act of surrender? Just say, Lord, I'm ready. I'm willing. Would you use me, God? Heavenly Father, right now, Lord, we, we just, we commit this moment to you, Lord. We say that we're ready and we're willing to step into to relationship with you. We're ready and we're willing to take a next step that you're asking us to do. Lord, I pray that you would use us in powerful ways to make a difference. Lord, I pray that we would have moments of significance, Lord, that as we serve, that as we, as we give our time to the people, that, that we would see life change. Lord, I pray that as we serve, Lord, that you would do something deeper in each of us. Lord, that you would, that callings would be realized in this season for us as a church. Lord, that as we serve and as we give our time to you, Lord, that you would uh, well something up, up in us, God, that like we've never known, we've never seen it in ourselves before. Lord, I pray that you would use us and, and, and that we would see uh, this family grow to maturity. We would see this family built up because of it. Come on, in Jesus' name, and everybody said...